Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Very interesting details have now come to light on how the kidnapped missionaries from uh, northeast Ohio, from Amish country, uh, returned to safety. Uh, We all thought when they were back among the free people of the world, that they had been let go, negotiated, released. No. Uh, turns out, at a press conference yesterday, they escaped in the middle of the night. Um, now all 17 are safe. They had been held hostage in Haiti by the 400 Mawazo gang. And uh, the 12 members who were left, after a few were initially released, uh, detailed their struggle yesterday, talking about some days, some of them wanted to try for an escape. Some days, others wanted to. They had to share water. They were treated, I mean, they were not treated well. They were kidnapped. You can't say they were treated well. They were kidnapped. Okay? So I've heard that. Oh, they treated them very well. No, no, they did not. They kidnapped them. They terrorized them. They didn't know what was going to happen. They had a baby. Come on, give me a break. They weren't treated well. But they had been taken captive on October the 16th, and... They were hemmed in on the highway by vehicles. They realized they couldn't get away, so they were taken. They were moved periodically. Uh, They did what you would expect missionaries to do. They sang, praised God, prayed, and I guess listened for God's direction, waited to find out, is this the time? And I think everybody who has ever had a dilemma in their life, if you're a Christian, you understand waiting on God, and then you understand that at some point in time, it just feels different. I can't really, there's no one answer to why sometime is right and sometime is not right. But they left in the middle of the night, December the 15th, walked. It was not an easy walk. They weren't grabbed right away by somebody who goes, oh, you are the missing missionaries. Here, let me put you in a comfort coach and we will drive you to safety. No, they had to walk like 10 miles over briars and thorns and all kinds of things. Uh, And then they happened upon a person, and the person led them to safety. So a really, really, really cool story, and what an awesome thing that they get to be back home safe and with their families on Christmas. I bet that'll be a Christmas like no other that any of them have ever experienced. So that is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful outcome. Uh, Not such a wonderful outcome for Democrats in a newly released Marist NPR poll. (laughs) Uh, This is hard to fathom if you're a Democrat. And we've all heard about Joe Biden's disapproval ratings or approval ratings. 55% disapprove his approval rating hovers around 40%. That doesn't begin to tell the story. What percentage of independents approve of Joe Biden? 
independents. Now, independent voters are very important to the Democratic Party. They're, they're important to every party. It's not like the Democratic Party has 60% of the vote and the Republican Party has uh, 38% of the vote and independents are 2%. Usually it's about, what, 30, 30, 30, right? 33, 33, 33. There may be ebbs and flows, but the independents swing the election. Suburban moms, 2016, voted for Trump. 2020, Trump alienated them, couldn't vote for him. He lost the election. The independents make you a winner or a loser. So the independents are important. A percentage of independents support Joe Biden, approve of Joe Biden. 29%. That has to set off alarm bells. Uh, Jen Psaki's hair, typically red, it's red from being on fire when she hears that number. Well, that's okay, Bruce. There are other constituencies that the Democrats can count on. I mean, after all, they have all the Latinos in their corner, don't they? Yeah. Oh, they, they have, well, they have more Latinos than they do independents. Not very many more. Joe Biden's approval rate among Latinos, 33%. No wonder they want to give non-citizen migrants the vote. No wonder they're making such a stink about voting rights in Georgia and Texas, because the people who've been here a while, who've lived, and it hasn't been long, less than a year of Joe Biden's policies, don't like the results. So today, uh, speaking of Jen Psaki, she cited a story, which I have not read. Admittedly, I have not read it because I, I I know it's a lie. From Bloomberg. Oh, it's an opinion piece. So, yeah, you know it's full of garbage. Jen Psaki's tweet says, Among the last 50 years of presidencies, Joe Biden's first year ranks number one in GDP growth, number one in profit growth, number two in jobs created, number two in productivity growth, number two in stock market global performance, number two in dollar appreciation. Appreciation? What? So... I'll just ask you a question. I'll ask you the Ronald Reagan question. Does it feel like his performance is number one, number two in all those categories? Does it feel like we're doing well in GDP growth and profit growth and jobs created and productivity growth and global stock performance? Does it feel like that? No, it doesn't feel like that. Why? Because you're paying more at the pump. You're paying more for food. You're paying more for everything. Murders are up all over the country. Record total here in Columbus. Andrew Ginther shooting for 200. Well, I shouldn't say that. He's not shooting for two, shooting to avoid 200. But he might get there. Here's what Joe Biden is number one in. And this is why his approval rating is 33% among Latinos and 29% among independents. He's number one in self-inflicted gas price hikes. He's number one in illegal border crossings. He's number one in cowardly military withdrawals that needlessly get our young service members killed. He's number one in begging our enemies, OPEC, Russia, China, to help us out. Help a brother out, would you please, Vladimir? Would you please stop hacking all of our trends, uh, all of our uh, things we have to have happen, all of our essential services? Could... Would you take this list back to your hackers, Vlad, and tell them to keep their hands off our power grid, our water supply, our meat supply? Could you please do that, Vlad? And oh, you, President Xi, 
in exchange for us not naming the next variant of the virus you unleashed on the world with the alphabet letter that corresponds to how your last name is spelled in exchange for us doing that solid for you. Um, will you please not attack Taiwan, please? Will you please um, not give any details of my son's dealings with your government, please? And you, OPEC. Now that I've shut down the Keystone XL pipeline and crushed our energy independence in the United States of America, could you make some more oil until I can succeed in hiking the EPA standards for new vehicles to where, do you see this today? New regulations. Oh, the one surviving Trump regulation. They finally found it under a a VCR tape of Joe Biden's favorite Mannix episodes, and they've done away with it. New EPA regulations require all new cars and light-duty vehicles to achieve an average fuel efficiency standard of 40 miles per gallon. This is an eight. That's a slight increase over the 38 miles per gallon that Trump had, an increase of eight miles per gallon imposed by the rule that Trump imposed in His presidency. So they're going to make cars, and there's some uh, estimates of this that say that by 2027, every car produced in the United States is going to have to get 55 miles per gallon. Do you think they're interested in the 55 miles per gallon number? Or do you think they're interested in forcing you to buy an electric vehicle so that you don't unleash more monster killer tornadoes with? your purchases of gasoline and your use of fossil fuels. Because, of course, you know, we never had tornadoes. That wasn't a tornado in Xenia. That wasn't a tornado. 1973. There there were no tornadoes then. Tornadoes are a creation of climate change. Okay? So this is why Joe Biden's approval numbers are in the dumper. Because people have experienced his policies. And they don't work. And one of the chief policies that he has had that does not work is his response to COVID. Now, I'm not as much one to crush him on this, except that when you make a promise, I expect you to keep the promise, and I expect you to make realistic promises. I don't want to be promised the moon and the stars and the skies above, or I'll expect you to deliver them. But it's interesting now, and you won't have anybody in the mainstream media that calls him out on this. Can you imagine if Trump's response to COVID was something this detached from reality. Today, when Biden talks to America this afternoon, whatever time he wakes up from his nap, he will tell you that they have purchased a billion rapid tests to be distributed to Americans free of charge. Everything's free from Joe Biden. There's no cost involved. It's all free. Just fairy dust from Candyland provide the COVID tests. And he will set up a website. Woo! Where Americans can get an at-home COVID-19 test delivered for free. Sure they can. Officials said the system will be set up in January. How long does it take to set up a website? Does it take weeks to set up a website? Officials said that testing in the United States is a lot better than it was, but admitted that there's more to do. We're taking action now, one official said. 
We're taking action now? It's December the 21st. When did COVID start? I think it started, what, eight months before the presidential campaign that resulted in Joe Biden's election to the White House? Can you imagine if Donald Trump had come out today, if he'd been reelected, and say, you know, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna have a website. We're taking action now. The guy who's going to shut down the virus is just now getting around to creating a website and realizing there's a need for tests, and he's just now getting around to the fact that, like, like are the variants news? We're taking action now? Didn't we always know? Or am I just incredibly insightful and scientific? No and no. <laughs> Weren't we expecting variants of this virus virtually since its inception? I think. But Joe Biden's going to get away with this afternoon telling you, hey, maybe he'll bark and get mad this afternoon as he gets randomly mad for like a sentence at a time and then he goes back into kind of sleepy Joe mode. This is such an ineffective response today, like acting like, oh, hey, yeah, we're, we're really moving now. We got it under control. Don't you worry. Mixed with equal parts of this is all your fault because you're not doing what we tell you to do. I'm sorry. I don't mean to overload you with this stuff, but the but the lack of honesty, it's just this is lack of honesty. On one hand, it's all your fault. On another hand, it's uh, all this is new. We couldn't have seen it coming. On the other hand, I'm going to take care of it. Trust me, I got it all. I got a plan. Trump had no plan. Remember, Trump had no plan. He's got a plan. I got a plan. What's your plan? I'm going to shut down the virus. Oh, okay. Wow. Nice. So I look forward to hearing what he has to say today and all the, what, 1,100 people he's going to unleash upon the overwhelmed hospitals around the country. Not 1,100 per hospital, 1,100 total. 1,100 total. 50 more than Mike DeWine said he would unleash in Ohio last week. Joe Biden's got it covered. Why wouldn't you trust him? So I came across a tweet this morning that noted today is the anniversary of a story published in the New York Times when Adolf Hitler got out of jail, and it said uh, jail had rehabilitated him. Uh, No, it did not. But I also noticed that yesterday there was a story uh, regarding a school system in Washington, D.C., Washington, D.C. public schools. Uh, They have launched an investigation after elementary school students, elementary school, up to fifth grade, were instructed to reenact the Holocaust, including portraying Adolf Hitler and digging ditches to serve as mass graves. Uh, These were third graders at a D.C. elementary school. And one parent said, and I think understated it, the kids were left traumatized by this instruction. Uh, D.C. public schools say they are investigating it and that this was not approved curriculum. (laughs) Well, wonderful. You're on top of it there at D.C. Not enough to keep it from happening. Uh, But the parents received a letter saying that part of the instruction asked the students to Portray participants from the Holocaust like Adolf Hitler digging ditches to serve as mass graves graves, and simulated shootings. Hmm. 
One parent said, my husband picked up our child after school, and there was a lot of sobbing and crying and distress. The mother claimed her child was told to pretend to choke and die inside a gas chamber and had to watch students simulate digging their own graves. Wow. Well, this, you know what, this, I can see where uh, Democratic operatives would say that this is an attempt by these parents to deny the teaching of authentic world history. (laughs) You say, ah, Bruce, you're silly. Really? Well, listen to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez talking about critical race theory, what it is and what it is not. I think one of the things that has been almost like difficult for me personally in working in Congress is seeing how different the you know not only the rest of the country is because that diversity is great it's not that it's different but it's how accepting of racism a lot of other communities are. There was recently this debate in Virginia, for example, that people don't want their kids really learning about racism or the history of racism in the United States. They call this critical race theory. Ah, they don't want their kids learning about race or racism in the United States. They call this critical race theory. No, no, they don't call that critical race theory. They call that history authentic American history, and no one is against it being taught because it underscores the depravity of man and how terrible we can be when we don't see each other as living, breathing human beings who are just like us except for the color of our skin or the ethnicity from which we came. That is a valuable lesson for kids to learn. What is not a valuable lesson for kids to learn is the lie of critical race theory that because you were born a certain color or a certain ethnicity, you are therefore up against an undefeatable foe of oppression, or you are innately and inherently born with a need to oppress others. That is critical race theory. That is critical race theory. But it shouldn't shock any of us that the uh, congresswoman, from New York City, would not exactly have things ordered correctly in that uh, cerebellum of hers. Here she is talking about why the Senate, to which she has been said to aspire, is, in her words, an undemocratic institution. There are certain institutions since the founding of the United States that are fundamentally undemocratic. The United States Senate is one such example. Uh, Now, we elect our senators by popular vote. That is a democratic part. That is a democratic function. There are some states, like, for example, in Georgia and in Texas, where the right to vote is under attack. And that is fundamentally undemocratic. But what makes the Senate, but that affects everybody, and all seats. But what makes the Senate fundamentally undemocratic is that it gives small groups of people the same amount of power as massive groups of people. And that 
it's not democratic at all. Hmm. Small groups of people, the same amount of power as large groups of people, and that is not undemocratic at all. Well, if our Congress consisted only of the Senate, uh, you might have an argument, but seeing as how you occupy a seat in the House of Representatives, I would think you would be keenly aware of the fact that there has been, since this inception of this country, an organization set aside to counterbalance the Senate. And that is, in fact, that that bold name on the top of your paycheck, U.S. House of Representatives, which is ordered according to the population of an area. Now, AOC would like everything to be all about mob rule. That is a democracy. That's why we are not a democracy. Our founding fathers saw the wisdom in making us a republic, a republic. So the minority has a voice, and it must always have that voice.